The thing that gives me purpose and joy and fulfillment is to understand how things work and then to get behind the why. Welcome to Design to Be Conversation, presented by Design to Be and hosted by Design to Be founder and CEO, me, Rachel Weissman. Design to Be is a community for designers to grow their emotional intelligence. In this show, I have conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. In today's episode, I speak with Chaitana Theora. Chaitana is the design director at Coursera that empowers online education worldwide. As a product design leader and mentor, Chaitana helps empower human-centered design to achieve high-impact business goals. Most recently, she was design director at Netflix. She has led product design for global acquisition and growth for emerging markets. Her career trajectory includes leading design at Yahoo, Scribd, and Pentagram. We dive into the importance of intentionality, how leading and designing with intention can weave to greater in purpose in your career, how intention relates to self-awareness, as well as tactical ways of setting intention to create a safe space for yourself and for your team to lead to increased productivity and collaboration. Welcome, Chaitana, to the show. Thank you, Rachel. This is a lifetime opportunity to be able to have this conversation with you on a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. So I would love to give folks a bit of background of how you came up with this topic. So we were going back and forth a bit, first over Slack and then over email. And then I saw I got an email from you, but it was a voice memo. And I was so a little confused, but, but I gave it a listen. And you're like, Rachel, I'm on a hike, but I have this idea. <laughs> and it's all about leading with intention and designing with intention and the relationship of self-awareness and intention. And just your tone and demeanor when talking of this, having this aha moment, it's like, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. That is the topic that we need to discuss because it's it's so beautiful when, whether it be an idea for a podcast episode or an idea for a new product or a design solution, For me personally, and I feel like you can relate to this as well for how we got to this topic, is these ideas come to us in the most random times, whether it be on a hike or in the shower (laughs) or any of those moments that we have just a bit more space in our mind and have a bit more clarity. Wonderfully rooted in kicking off this conversation. I even forgot that, yes, that is where we started. Just having read the words designed to be, and I can't even recall if I bumped into you on Instagram or some design leadership community where I saw the name, it made me think for someone to call something designed to be 
And I've always had this wordsmithing about myself growing up in India with the Queen's English and then the American English here. I would always say, why do I always have to behave and why cannot, cannot I just be? So even just the name of what you have chosen as your pursuit caught my attention. And then, of course, I think I listened to a few of the podcasts and realized that finally someone called Rachel is doing something about something that most people live and die and suffer every day, but don't think of dealing with it with more than themselves. So that really was the draw for me. I then joined the community, was able to chat with you one-on-one. And in my own work, ever since pandemic, I have been finding it very challenging to get through any single day with a certain intention, which I was able to do prior to the pandemic. Even with having that commute 30 minutes on 101 in San Francisco Bay Area, while most people would crib and cry about the commute, mm-hmm. I would be zoning out with some chanting or kirtan or even talking to parents back home in India. That was me time. Mm-hmm. Now, that commute time has become another Zoom call. Mm-hmm. The officers just want to take more and more of your time because according to them, what else could you be doing? So... The hike, yes, was when I was climbing up and telling myself, I did set the intention to get out of bed on a weekend and make this hike happen because the weather is beginning to change here. And it occurred to me, there may be so many design leaders out there who are just having to show up day in and day out, serve their team, serve the business. And now in this situation with the pandemic, not knowing how to find that boundary between me time and work time and since your calling has been to enable everyone to be and not always have to behave mm-hmm. on the hike it was can't type that fast just record this thought <laughs> it disappears and send it to Rachel <laughs> yeah it's a beautiful story and I love how the that the unfolding of how we we landed there I feel like something that would be super helpful for folks is I'm very familiar with the idea of what an intention is, but for some folks, maybe they just don't really understand what it is. So from your perspective, what does it mean to lead with intention or design with intention or what is an intention? What is an intention? Live a life with intention. I will share with you the roots of how this word became important to me, much like your own practice as a yoga teacher I happened to have done my Hatha Yoga teacher training. I really did that more to deepen my own study. It wasn't at that time ever the intention to Mm -hmm. teach in a studio. Mm -hmm. So there's this beautiful Sanskrit word called Sankalpa, Mm S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A, which in my mind really has the most palpable meaning for intention. And it means to... Pursue something with your heart and your mind. So there isn't really this conflict. It is a determination. It is really putting will behind something you really want to make happen. And in the most simplest terms, intention is to have a purpose. And it doesn't have to be lofty, high, audacious, hairy. Those may be true for product roadmaps. But for an individual, (laughs) 
just start your morning or end your evening with acknowledging the why. Hmm. So could you give an example of an intention that you recently set to give folks a bit more context of how that maybe they could start to weave this into their day today? Sure. And it's a really challenging one that I've taken on. As simple <laughs> as it may sound, my parents fortunately have been able to land here and are, and are going to spend some weeks with me. And it's been after many months that I have not opened my work laptop after 4 p.m. on Friday till Monday morning. And my intention, just having serendipitously landed in that experience, my intention as of even Monday this week is, can I live my work life within the work hours, if at all? Can I make maker mode time and meeting mode time, this article from 1990s by Paul Graham that I absolutely love, the maker mode and the meeting mode, or does my calendar look really cool if it's 40 hours of the week back to back with these 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes slots? Mm -hmm. So my intention is to be able to fulfill my responsibilities as a design leader at Coursera, which is where I am right now, within the working hours, if I may. And we'll see how that goes. So just to mirror back, there was a question or a, almost like a proposal that you had about a current situation or something you were pondering or some underlying need that you had an itch to scratch. And as a result, it's weaving its way into other actions in your life. Like, for example, now closing that laptop at four and not getting caught up in the it does look really cool when people <laughs> look at your calendar and see the the back to back to back to back forever. Yeah, and the the intention also is coming from my own values. And I've been striving for this in the workplace as a design leader for a long time now, when I was at Netflix or even at Yahoo. The notion of work-life balance to me feels a little bit unclear because one should just be able to live their life in balance. Work is an integral part of it. It's mm -hmm. not work and life. It's work as part of life. Mm -hmm. So just having gone through this weekend where I really didn't want to take away time from being with them. And I felt I owed it to them because they are not negotiating time for me during my work hours. Why should it be the other way? Mm. But I've never given myself that choice. Because, well, what else could I be doing on the weekend that's more important than writing the document or figuring out the schedule or reading through my notes? But somehow there was something more important this weekend, which is time with my parents. Mm -hmm. So Monday morning, I've given myself this challenge, if I may, on how about we set the intention, try and work through this week. That is making me realize I do not use my work hours most effectively. I do land up spending my time in things that are probably not that important during the work hours, work-related, but mm. prioritization is kicking in in how I'm going to execute this. So the intention is becoming my witness, if I may. Yeah. And it's amazing that the more that you set intention, whether it be closing your laptop at four or showing up to whether it be this call in a particular manner. 
it allows more like questioning and also more awareness of, okay, so maybe I'm not using this time exactly how I intended to. How can I refine this a bit and come a bit back to center, back to balance or back to really back to the intention. But then I love how you mentioned what's under that is a set of values. Yes. And values are again, a very loaded word. One might wonder, well, what kind of companies have values and they work on it with brand and sort of how they want to show up. And I keep thinking today, our design education is not such that we have classes or ways in which our children or our teenagers can think about what it is that matters most to them and what mm-hmm. it is they want to bring to the world to make it a better place. Because we don't want everyone's values to be the same, but we don't really have the training today in terms of really connecting with who you are, why you behave the way you behave. And so for me, I know this simple thing of being able to stop during lunchtime and eat lunch mindfully. I'm not a big fan of lunch meetings. It's my classic pet peeve. It's required a lot of intention, that will or that purpose that if I don't eat my lunch really fully present, it is going to affect my productivity and my impact at some other point in the day or cumulatively with my health and the way in which I show up. Mm. So for me, some of the values are also rooted in my own cultural upbringing. Today with Zoom calls, you could just sit in your pajamas and start the day. I've tried that when I was a student here in the US. But for me, I know I need to kind of kick off my morning with simple little rituals that just kind of bring me back to the Chaitana time. And then I have to forget the Chaitana needs and desires and get through the rest of the day showing up and serving and performing Mm -hmm. and then in the evening if at all possible getting back some of the chetana time Mm -hmm. very difficult but not impossible (laughs) it is challenging but it definitely goes back to prioritization of what we spoke about earlier but i'd love to dive a bit deeper on this idea on intention and how it relates to being a designer and why leading with intention or designing with intention is important and relevant for designers? Sure. You know, Rachel, I've always thought the way lawyers have to take an oath because of the impact they have on the world. Mm -hmm. I have this dream that at some point we designers need to make a vow or take an oath because of the impact we have in the world. If you look at experiences that can be addictive, in a bad way or addictive in a good way, we really have started making this world a different place from the social media apps to what have you. So I think for us as designers, we have a huge responsibility and intention allows us to show up to our work, to the decisions we make, whether it's a user interface design or a user experience, the content design, the messaging, Whatever it is we're putting out there and the decisions that go into that do have a huge responsibility on our shoulder Mm -hmm. and our intention in the way in which we want to have people use our products really makes this world a better place or makes this world a worse place to be in. Mm -hmm. I'm recalling right now Dieter Ram's very famous posters or 
the principles of good design mm-hmm. and i keep rereading that even today and it's fascinating to me how something that was written years ago with industrial design in mind or with physical products in mind is still applicable for software design and in that entire poster the last principle that i would write today in 2021 is good design is responsible mm. so how might a designer show up to their work with a sense of responsibility i feel for each individual to have a purpose why am i move putting this button here why am i not asking this question to my product manager why is the business metric this versus that allows for a designer to come to creating experiences that really have a purpose behind it and you started to allude to this already but for the designer or even maybe the pm who's listening or the designer who also has to take on more of a pm role or anything like that where as businesses you need to make money to stay afloat so there is a tension between i'm all on board of this doing good and creating more ethics around what we design from your perspective how can a designer balance this like definite friction on having that business sense but then also coming back to designing with intention and being more ethical absolutely and this touches so closely to this practice of product led growth designing for growth and which is the area i have been dabbling in over the recent times both at netflix and now at coursera i think of designers a designer's role being more effective when he or she has a point of view and that point of view needs to be rooted in research qualitative quantitative understanding the business needs i'm aspiring for a world where good design and designing with intention will be the most effective way to move metrics i'm sorry to admit with you today that today you can move metrics and make money whether or not you're creating experiences that are ethical or can make this world a better place the cancellation mm-hmm. flow is a great example where you continue to make it more and more difficult but is that really the way you want people to use your product so we have some ways to go in terms of up leveling the benchmark for our customers such that design or experiences that are detrimental to their well-being and their happiness should not be making money but the addictiveness goes both ways and i don't think it's just something designers and pms can do i think even the larger you know population or the customer base out there doesn't have their own point of view or intention to be very picky or choosy about where they're going to invest their time mm. so business metrics will continue to move and make money for a certain amount of time even if the experiences are not really conducive to well-being but the sustenance and the impact eventually will creep up upon us and then we call it churn or we call it subscriber growth not going up so it's a matter of time but i think eventually it does catch up on us mm. yeah and it's like anyone that has ever experienced i feel like burnout as well where you can try to move forward as fast as you can and just try to do what's right for 
the business or to get ahead in your own personal growth, but things catch up. <laughs> things catch up. So I, I love what you're saying about just coming back to that intention and slowing down a little bit. Another angle that we spoke about a bit around this intentionality is self-awareness. And so how would you say, and I feel like we've alluded to a lot of different parts of this, but what would you say the role that self-awareness plays in intentionality? Sure. So let's even unpack what self-awareness means. I've often heard people use the word empathy, which I'm myself trying to unpack and understand for myself. And it, it seems to be a little larger and bigger than what I can say for myself. Am I empathetic or not? But my own practice or way in which I show up with self-awareness is to pause, is to be able to really catch my emotional reaction to something I see, hear, feel, and respond as opposed to react. And in order for me to do all of that, I need to pause. I need to take that deep breath and feel the feels and feel crappy about something someone said or the way something is going down right in front of me and not just jump right in or react. For me, that has been my experience of being self-aware. Oh, I'm beginning the emotions go down a certain way. And oh, oh this person is using language for me that doesn't really resonate for me. But am I going to jump in and get really mad about it or am I going to just hang in there till the person has completely finished what they are saying and connect the dots. So if that is my experience with self-awareness, unless I continue making those moments of pause and maybe even instead of it being moments of pause, allocating a time beginning or middle or end of the day to really reflect and connect the dots, I cannot really have an intention. So the role of self-awareness or the role of pausing is really the key to developing a practice of being intentional, if I may, to be determined about something. One does have to let go of all the influences around one person, peer pressure, what society expects from me, what success looks like, all of that is so influenced by things around us that we lose our own sense of success or desire. And that makes it very difficult to have an intention or a point of view. So it's so connected that we can just call self-awareness as pausing. And when you're able to pause and be in that place, you might be able to connect with what it is you really want out of a situation. It's hard to like prioritize that time to whether it be simply taking a deep breath or taking time to journal or taking time to meditate or try to be more mindful. It's really, really hard. We are going to take a short break to hear an exciting update from Design to Be. Design to Be is excited to offer our fall cohort of the Design to Be training, an eight-week remote design EQ training program. We are bringing together designers who seek to become more effective in their role and ultimately craft a career that is filled with meaning and purpose. 
we are fusing authentic community, inspirational speakers, and actionable techniques to uplevel your design career. Head to designtobe.com forward slash training to learn more and apply. Applications are now open and close September 14th, but students will be accepted on a rolling basis. So be sure to apply early to secure your spot. Now, back to the show. So I'm curious from your perspective, how when uh, like you're leading a large team, and so obviously you're getting pulled a million different directions, how are you able to continually prioritize <laughs> that time to pause? That's an amazing question, Rachel. I would give it a million dollars if I can, because <laughs> the root is the genesis. And the funny thing is, it's the chicken and egg. All right, Chetna, can you set the intention to pause and make time? And then in that time, you can set new intentions. Mm. So it's amazing, even as I'm uh, having this conversation with you, over the last year, given the situation the world has been in and how it has impacted our day-to-day work, My very team right now, we have been using the design process and even understanding how the team is doing and feeling and showing up every day. And in one of our monthly retros, the word stress and tension came up enough number of times that the team themselves decided to divide and conquer on with intentionality, doing something about this ongoing stress that the team was feeling. Hmm. Certainly I had to do certain things with, hey, are we taking on more than we can deliver? Are we short staffed? Are we expecting our designers to work nights and weekends? There were certain logistical things that needed to be addressed, but there was also this assessment of the problem, if I may, your classic design process, at least define what is going on, only then you can solve it. And an outcome of that has been a five-minute meditation on Mondays at lunchtime that a designer on my team and the team is holding this space. It's optional for anyone and everyone to attend. And we, I try and show up as much as I can because for me also that is a moment where I give those five minutes to just connect with the breath work or whatever meditation we pick up and we go off camera and we just show up. That to me would not have been possible if there wasn't this collective awareness that everybody's feeling the stress, I'm not in this alone, and you know what? There's no one else who's gonna help us, we better do something ourselves. So that is something I had never imagined ever happening at a corporate America workplace. (laughs) These in the 21 years that I've been here and I'm just, immensely gratitude for that openness and that awareness. Personally, for me, I have a post-it around my desk that says, in order for me to lead effectively, I need to first manage myself better. Mm. There's no point in me being a manager for people and managing other people's lives. It's unfair if I'm going to show up not centered in myself. And so I do give myself the permission to really tune in with my breath. Is it shallow? Is it deep? Am I able to really calm down or am I feeling the stress and the tension in every part of my body? Things I had never known earlier, but because I have realized that if I don't manage myself, I am going to be throwing my crap on my team or my 
work or my peers. So these are the two areas, at least with the day-to-day work life, that have been a really good balance. Some kind of problem identification with the team, because not everyone's going to speak your and my lingo. Like we started this conversation today, you know, sankalpa or intention is not mm-hmm. everyday life vocabulary as yet. But how can I, as a leader, at least open up the space for some of that, for it not to feel like, oh, I can't talk about this in the workplace. No, you can. Mm-hmm. And then for me myself, I don't even do any sort of deep, regular meditation, but I absolutely love just connecting with my breath and checking in with, uh-oh, something here is really increasing your heartbeat and now you're breathing shallow. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then being able to do some deep breathing exercises and continue with the next meeting. Yeah. So one thing that I definitely want to call out, I feel like what's beautiful about the story that you shared is, and I've spoken about this with another guest, but what you've created on your team is psychological safety. And by forming that environment where folks feel safe to talk about these things that might feel a little uncomfy, (laughs) creates this container of vulnerability and this container of authenticity which otherwise is like damn scary one to talk about even with your close friends, (laughs) but two very much in the workplace. So I feel like so it's so, so, so vital as a design leader, which I'm so happy that we're having this conversation where it's so important as a leader in general, but in this context as a design leader to create this, create containers for your team. And this could be you as an IC or you as a manager. It can definitely come from either way. So fascinating that you connected those dots, Rachel. Psychological safety. To be honest with you, I have looked up those terms and studied it a bit more closely over the last one year. And I have also received feedback that my design critiques, which in our office we call it design reviews, can feel quite intimidating because of the way I show up. (laughs) So it's humbling and Absolute gratitude to see how, while that side of me can exist, there's also this intention in, at the end of the day, the team knowing it's not about dinging them for who they are or the stress that they're feeling and that we are in this together. And that this is the place where you really cannot separate how you show up at work and how you show up at home. Because guess what? Now, literally, (laughs) they're not even two separate places. Exactly. And it's not been easy or it's not been a success thing for me in every team I have worked with. A lot of it is the times we're in right now. Mm. The, maybe the online education space has a certain openness. I'm not sure. I've not thought about that as much. But I couldn't agree with you more about the role we as design leaders, or I would even say any leader, manager, product, engineering, customer support, sales, oh my God, the stress and tension they live with. Mm -hmm. We can just hold that space for them 40 hours of the week, five minutes. It's magical. Yeah, definitely. One question that I want to dive into that we spoke of, I feel like briefly, but the relationship between intentionality and working with a greater purpose. And so I feel like you've alluded to this a lot, but maybe you could share a personal story about how 
the more that you have led with intentionality, how that has maybe shaped your career path to help you feel like you're leading with a greater purpose or working with more purpose? Sure. That's always a daunting question. (laughs) Oh, and I should also share with you that journaling is another thing that's very much around the you know, corner for me on my desk. I do try to connect with just the written word and writing really helps me with the self-awareness as well. And the reason I thought of that with your question is, I still ask the question, who am I? Why am I here? What am I meant to do? And on this podcast, I feel safe enough to even say that to you, knowing many other people who see me in another light will hear about this. Mm. But so be it to be and show up this way. I won't even say, Rachel, it's a greater purpose. It's just purpose. It's like, so stepping back in terms of my career trajectory, my academic training and pursuit was always in science. So I did my undergrad in biology. I then landed up pursuing what was my hobby, which is art. Growing up in India, there was really nothing like graphic design. Then came a training in advertising and commercial art because that was the only version of design that existed in India then. And at the end of that five-year diploma, I wanted to pretty much get away from home and find my own voice and independence and landed in San Francisco for a master's in graphic design. And now when I reflect back, as is the case with most career trajectories, it's not linear. It's a myth that... You know, when you're in kindergarten and your grandmother and your mom keep asking you, you what do you want to be when you grow up? I just want to be me. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to figure out what that me is. Mm-hmm. So when I connect the dots back, the one theme that has I've noticed in all of these choices I made from biology to art to then advertising and design is I've always been curious about how things work whether it was dissection in the lab with the frog, which honestly is the reason I moved away from science and medicine (laughs) as a vegetarian and as someone who fainted. I don't know if the frog fainted or not, but I did in the laboratory. (laughs) One of my favorite all-time books is Surely You're Not Joking, Mr. Feynman. I have followed his life and emulated it in every way possible from recording Colony of Ants and studying them with my iPhone and video camera So when I look back, for me, the thing that gives me purpose and joy and fulfillment is to understand how things work and then to get behind the why. Mm. So I I guess I love the five why question or the methodology. And connecting back with today what my purpose is, especially with leading designer Coursera, I realized the immense responsibility I could have on my shoulder in terms of the future of education and how might we create so that it's hybrid with a balance of being on campus along with some level of the Zoom online teaching and how do we create experiences for our educators as well as for our learners. So I'm trying to see how can I show up with a certain intentionality in a meeting Mm -hmm. in a conversation with you, and when I'm eating, and when I hike on the weekend, and also be okay with it. Do not make it 
much bigger than who I am. And then it starts feeling like I'm not getting anywhere. And at the end of the day, there is this one quote that really does guide me, gives me sort of purpose to show up, which is at the end of the day, the only purpose for any business out there is human well-being. At the end of the day, our pursuit, our, you know, people don't buy products. They buy ways in which they can be better versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. We just don't know it. But the whole subscription model and the desire to subscribe to something is because it makes you feel better about Mm -hmm. who you are. And so I used to have, you know, the the annual roadmap for my life or the goal setting, vision setting, did the new year resolution way younger, don't do that anymore. And recently I'm just reaching a point where can I just show up with a certain intention the next hour, the next day, the next few weeks. And then of course I'll go back to my slump of don't want to do anything. Want to be in a state of nothingness. Hmm. So I hope that, gives a little bit of insight and hope that it's not even that large or impossible in our day-to-day life. Completely. And I feel like a lot of what you shared is it's giving yourself permission to be present and be with what is and not have like honor and be excited for what's to come, but not put any like grandiose expectations on something that needs to be in a certain way, but allow the natural unfolding from biology to to more art, to advertising, to design, to wherever your life path may take you, but following, okay, yeah, so I'm kind of curious about that. And so, okay, okay, and then I'm going to go over here And, and honoring that, which is a beautiful way to lead and show up with purpose since that's what's purposeful to you. Absolutely. Starting with where I am, and only then can I empower and enable every member on my team or where I'm working to start with where they are. Mm-hmm. Accepting what one's inherent qualities are. Like you may have heard of this whole notion of introvert leaders or introvert designer, and is that sort of is it detrimental to someone's career? I have since watched a bunch of TED Talks to understand what introvertedness means because I couldn't figure out which side of the equation I fall under. And then I told myself in terms of my intention that I'm never going to try and work with someone who's an introvert and make them an extrovert, so to speak. That doesn't make sense. But how can someone who has a certain way in which they show up still be effective in their work. And for us as designers, we have so many tools from our training, from the way in which we think, our ability to show, not tell, that sky is the limit in terms of us being effective in being understood and communicating. But that wouldn't be possible if I didn't set the intention as a design leader after assessing the way some of the folks in team meetings would feel, who would be more quiet, especially with Zoom, Not everybody can jump in on a Zoom call with 40 people on it. So I had to notice that pattern and understand, oh, this is what the problem definition is. And then how might I enable or empower that situation? So your point about, it's really allowed me to be in the present and start with accepting, but it's now after 
I don't know, 40 plus years of being around and, and then a chunk of that being around the block in Silicon Valley where you can be completely lost by influence, let alone any intention. So I'm going to start to move into some wrap-up questions. So a lot of what we spoke about today, from intention to self-awareness and even purpose, all bubble up into this higher level bucket and umbrella of EQ or emotional intelligence. And so I'd love to hear from your perspective why you think it's important for designers to invest in their EQ. Yes. And I've, I've certainly been noticing this bubbling up more and more recently, as opposed to the time when I was like at Yahoo, didn't even know. I just knew about IQ and you could take a test for that. To be honest, Rachel, I don't consider myself anywhere close to the book definition of EQ. So I'm going to stay with how I've seen it and how I've experienced it or how I've supported designers on my team. If we as designers are really talking about being the voice for our customers and being able to create solutions that really make a difference for the better in their lives, our ability to really connect and get into their shoes, if I may, is quintessential for us to be able to solve that. And when designers are not curious or not fearless and courageous enough to ask the why and get behind the scenes, if I may, it does create solutions that is more cookie cutter or doesn't have the sustainability around it. So emotional intelligence has certain practices or certain tools that a designer can use to get out of their own head, to get out of their own sort of upbringing and connect with the pain and the needs of the customer. A very interesting example, I oftentimes see myself bring up when I'm interviewing candidates is, we're not artists, we're designers. And what that means to me is, as an artist, you can take a blank canvas and you can put a blob of dot or you can have a certain point of view that's very personal to you. And lo and behold, you could sell that canvas for millions of dollars. One way of making revenue, growth, business. As a designer, it's not just about my personal point of view. It's about, am I creating something that is solving something for someone else? And am I being able to understand their intrinsic need? And that is where emotional intelligence becomes way more critical than even just intellectual knowledge and intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And as designers, it's so, so, so important to be that voice in the room to help bridge that gap. So one last question, if you could ask one thing of the folks listening in relation to leading with intention, whether it be something they can get started, some book that they could read, some action that they can take from our conversation, what would it be? I'm going to suggest two, one of which is the simplest, which is give yourself permission to connect with your breath, give yourself permission to just do the breathing exercises and not even being mindful, but being mindlessly present with yourself. And the second is 
explore some of the training and courses were designed to be. Because I, I am. I did so not tell her to say that. <laughs> That's why I took permission for the two. Because <laughs> really, in this moment, even in this whole conversation with Rachel, I'm realizing I've been on this uphill battle of trying to do this by myself in the workplace, and oftentimes just sticking out because of the things I'm aspiring for. So for the individual, I'm going to invite each of you to really check in with your breath and connect with those moments. There are a bunch of breathing exercises out there we can share back with the community and be curious and give yourself permission to learn more about designing to be. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Chetana, for this lovely conversation. I feel very inspired and have a lot of amazing tactical things that I know I can refine in my personal intentionality practice. So just thank you so much. Rachel, thank you. I've been goosebumped throughout our conversation. So thank you for creating this space for something that is so dear and near to me. That wraps up another episode of Design to Be Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you're curious for more ways to invest in your EQ, to be a more empowered, educated, and effective designer, head over to designtobe.com. That is D-E-S-I-G-N-T-O-B-E.com. You can take our design process EQ quiz or sign up for a newsletter to receive the latest Design to Be community building, live offerings, and self-inquiry guidance directly to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you may listen. Be sure to share this podcast with a fellow designer who's interested in investing in their EQ. And again, thanks so much for listening.